They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Hello, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself, and today our guest is Ramesh Dewangan. Ramesh is the founder and CEO of Quantum Vision Consulting, helping experienced professionals become successful and confident leaders. Ramesh has spent over three decades in the high-tech industry, leading global teams in software development, project management, and marketing. He has launched several new high-tech products, has worked with customers, vendors, and partners to increase the product footprint. He is an MBA from the Haas School of Business, Berkeley. As a certified coach, speaker, and trainer with the John Maxwell team, he provides leadership and personal development services, accelerating personal and professional growth for the experienced professionals. He has facilitated several webinars and mastermind sessions on personal and leadership development. Ramesh is also a distinguished Toastmaster from Toastmaster International, the highest achievement in their public speaking program. So Ramesh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. I'm very excited to be on your show. Yeah, excited to have you on here. Um, So we'll, we'll start with the traditional kickoff question. Ramesh, what makes you awesome? Thanks, Michael. What is unique, I can think about myself, is that I do have a good global experience. You know, I started my career back in India, coming from a very humble background, and I started in U.S. multinational. But after about 10 years of working there, I moved to U.S. So I see both sides of the culture, and it really, really, uh, that cultural assimilation that I went through over here really gave me a lot of great insights into becoming a truly a global leader. Interesting. So share share some of those insights you learned through that process. Sure. Okay. So for example, you know, in the cultural assimilation, I learned the value of privacy uh, that U.S. Uh, society push, um, puts on individual privacy compared to what we were used to in India, for example. So where there was a VP of uh, multinational visiting India, and I was one of the uh, managers in their local subsidiary there. And the VP was going through his background and he was giving a speech on his background. And he started from his college onwards. And then they, he asked, is there a question? I said, yeah, I have a question. And I said, what is the question? I said, what about your family? And he said, what about my family? I said, okay, yeah, you're giving us your background. Give us how many kids you got. What, what did they do? What does your wife do? And so on. So really, you know, he was taken aback by that kind of uh, direct question because that really invaded his personal space. So I learned the value of privacy and personal space in that uh, experience. Interesting. Well, I find it very interesting because a lot of people I meet with are very, very much about sharing uh, who they are. Of course, most people I meet with are individual business owners, uh, coaches, you know, one person teams with support staff, as opposed to, you know, corporate executives and whatnot. And and when people are trying to present themselves as human, they're very big on, you know, here's my, you know, I'll, I'll use my dog, my cat, my daughter, anyone in a, 
in a photo to humanize myself. So I'm not just some face on the internet, but uh, you think it's more of a corporate thing that, that people are, are so private? Uh, I think there is a degree of uh, acceptance in terms of privacy, even though you mentioned about the kind of sharing, but I think there is a deeper sharing in Asian culture. For example, mm. even in job interviews, people will ask how many brothers and sisters you are, how many okay. siblings you are, and what has that got to do with the job? But that's not what they they think that hey, I got to know the person, I got to know how many brothers and sisters does he have, his uh, parents living with him, and uh, where is his native place? Is it too far, too close? All of that is open up for, open for questioning there. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. And, and getting back to that, you know, our traditional second question is how did you get started with all this? So so what was the beginning of your path to to success? Yeah, sure. So basically, uh, when I started with engineering, but I really realized that I really want to see where I really impact the business. And that was a hard question for an R&D engineer to ask. Is they, what, how do you impact? Well, you're working hard for a product and that product making money. But yeah, ultimately you are impacting. But when I really dug deeper, I felt like I need to move into some product marketing or business development roles. And for that, I really uh, didn't have the right credentials because all I had was engineering degree. So I did MBA from Haas School of Business, Berkeley. And after that, I moved to product marketing, and that really gave me good insights on business side of things. After having worked in um, uh, bigger to smaller companies, I moved up to uh, the higher management of companies. I was a vice president of a company for some time. And after all these years of corporate ladder, um, I felt like I really need, there was a calling from inside to, to touch lives of others, to let others grow more. And, um, you know, with my experience that I've gathered, um, I really enjoy dealing with people. And some of the team members that I guided, they are all in very, very good positions in many companies, like they are vice presidents and the senior directors. So they all, uh, I, I pulled them and they, they really encouraged me to take this up as a you know, profession, as a full-time job to help coach others and guide others to uh, advance in their career. And that's what that's what got me going. Okay. Now, did you say your, your career started in India and then brought you to the United States? So, so how did you get started on um, when when you were over there? Over there, okay, that's a good question. So, uh, basically, uh, I was um, electrical engineer uh, by de- degree, and I was master uh, masters of computer science uh, from a good institute called IIT uh, Madras, and a U.S. multinational, Texas Instruments, was starting a very state-of-art um, unit in India for VLSI design, chip design. And that was, uh, you know, something that everybody looked towards. Right? That's like most advanced technology, and it was fully 100% export for export, not for Indian market. It was whatever we worked there is goes to the global use. So I really got interested in that and I got my job, first job there. So I was the first batch of that uh, multinational experience that um, brought me into this world. And uh, we were trained in uh, Dallas as well as in Bedford in England. You know, So we really got very premier training as well from TI. And uh, that got me going, actually speaking. 
But after a few years of working in India, I was traveling so much to U.S., you know. So I was leaving my family behind uh, that I really felt like, okay, I need to change because my personal goals and my organizational goals are not matching together. I was mm-hmm. not able to stay with my family as often as I could. And then that's when I started looking for a job in Silicon Valley because that's where the electronics jobs were. Okay. And then... So then, then you're able to find one and get recruited and yeah, and come across that way. Right, exactly. So once I was on a trip to US, actually, I, I was visiting friends in Silicon Valley and they said, hey, did you know that there are a lot of jobs here? I said, well, why would they take me? I'm like sitting in Bangalore in India. They're too far from here. And he said, why don't you pass some resume around? And I passed the resume around. I got called from two of the companies right away. I said, mm. oh, okay, so there is something here. Because I was doing all the international projects anyway. It was all global projects. In fact, one of the projects that I was doing was with UT Austin, advanced research that UT Austin was doing. We were working in collaboration, and we were really using that in advancing the, some of the design techniques for uh, engineers in TI, design engineers in TI. So those kind of work was highly visible, state of art, global, and that really attracted some of the Silicon Valley companies to offer me a job. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think the, the key thing I heard there was that, that at first you, you said, well, you know, why do they want me? Why should I even apply? Okay, I'll take a shot. Mm-hmm. And so many of the stories I hear start with some form of taking a shot or taking action. Mm-hmm. Um, some are higher risk, some are lower risk. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, I think a lot of people, you know, people I never talked to on this podcast um, yeah. are, are the ones who don't take a shot. You know, they, they exactly. say, oh, they, they don't want me. There's no point. I don't have the skills, experience, whatever. And so they don't. It was a big leap forward because, you know, family, for my family, it was like a huge change to move to countries and they were not mentally prepared for it. We were all mm-hmm. prepared to make a career in India, build a house, you know, live happily thereafter in India. And then I go after this trip to my and talk to my wife and I said, you know what, there are opportunities there. Would you like to move? She says, oh, my God, where are you talking about that far? And why should we go? Then, you know, I started convincing her over time. We say, hey, there, there are good roads. They're good, good infrastructures. There is no electricity blackouts like we have in <laughs> And she goes, oh, okay, no blackout. Okay, that's when she absolutely got that nailed it. You know, I said, okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I imagine you probably get used to anything. So it, it, she probably hadn't thought about like, if she don't blackouts, she probably didn't occur to there's places where there aren't blackouts. Right, right, exactly. You get used exactly. to, you know, yeah. get used to where you are. You get, yeah. you get comfortable, comfortable with the discomfort and, and there you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what kind of people do you help now with your, with your coaching? Yeah, so that's a good uh, question because, you know, coaching is such a wide subject and uh, mm-hmm. everyone coaches to some extent, anyone on a day-to-day life, probably you're coaching your kids as well. So what I focus on is more like experienced professionals who are like 10 to 20 years experience and they feel stuck at where they are. They, are, they think that they're really not able to advance as a team lead or to become managers and they are extremely talented people. They have ex- very good domain knowledge. They really um, can do a lot of things. And in fact, they are already probably informally managing people, but there is no opportunity to formally manage um, a team for them. Whenever there is opportunity that comes, they somehow lose out, maybe because mm. of lack of some skills. And that's what I want to um, fulfill that gap for them. 
And, and what do you what do you find is often the reason why they they don't grab those opportunities? Yeah, a um, lot of this has to do with soft skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people have got uh, you know they are so good in technically and uh, they are nice people, but they are not assertive. They don't do concise communication. They don't uh, have voice like a leader. They don't have executive presence. Mm-hmm. They don't connect with others very well. You know, they they have hesitation in uh, uh, starting a conversation with anyone, and and so those things really matter. Those are looks like small, but they really add up, and then they they lose out compared to others. Okay, um, and so if someone's listening, they're like, you know, I think he's talking about me. I, I'm kind of <laughs> shy, and I have a lot of technical skills, but I keep missing out on things, and they keep passing me over for people who are less smart but talk better. Um, what would your advice be to someone like that? Well, so I, I think there are uh, very definite uh, ways you can uh, start being more assertive, uh, get out of shy. For example, the conversation startup, right? I, by the way, I offer like a six-week uh, leadership training. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Leadership Essentials Bootcamp for uh, experienced professionals. Just before coming to this podcast, I announced on LinkedIn my uh, first public enrollment of this six-week course. It's a, Beside the point. Okay, so one of the key things that I teach is uh, connecting with people. And one of them is, say, the conversation starters. For example, it's all trainable skills. For example, Mm -hmm. when you start a conversation, as a shy person, we would ask very simple question. Who are you? What do you do? Um, How is the weather? You know, those are very small things. And they are very close questions. And they, they kind of end very quickly. Really speaking, if you want to have a clear conversation starters, you know, you can ask about what is exciting about your life today? Mm-hmm. What is the thing that excites you most about the project you're working on? What were the things that you were absolutely, uh, that energizes you? So, I mean, those things are more, um, you know, thought-provoking, more engaging, and it can carry your conversation for much longer. And people will see you very differently when you ask that kind of questions compared to, say, normal stuff. Yeah, I, I like that. And I, I think some shy people, they sometimes they'll, they'll say things like, well, what am I going to talk about? I'm not that interesting. And what they don't realize is most people are really interested in themselves. So you don't have to be interesting to get someone to talk. You just have to be interested in them. And they will gladly carry the conversation if you ask questions that draw that out, like you were saying. The right. you know, what are you excited about? What are what are you doing in your business? What do you what are you passionate about? And yeah, a lot of people given the opportunity to just go to just hold forth for thirty minutes and be right. interviewed. Um, we'll be like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. So <laughs> yeah. that's some great advice there. Yeah, absolutely right. Yep. Uh, now we also mentioned you are a distinguished Toastmaster, uh, and I I am also I'm actually the president of my Toastmasters chapter. Mm. Um, it was a, a interesting negotiation in that they said, we want you to be president. And I said, I will not do any work, but I will stand there and opening the meeting with energy and bombast. And if that's all <laughs> you want and nothing else, I'll take it. And if you want someone who's going to like really lead, yeah. you're going to have to find someone else because I don't have the time or energy. They're like, come on down. I said, all right, <laughs> I'm in. Um, but uh, you know, talk a little bit about um, uh, Toastmasters and, and what it is and uh, and what it's done for you. Yeah, that is very, very uh, interesting question. And in, that is one of the initiatives that I'm extremely proud of to have been associated. I started my Toastmaster journey back in 2006, so it has been 15 years. 
I went to, I was in a corporate, I was working for a company called Cadence Design Systems. And I went to one of the executive talks there. And that executive talk, he mentioned about Toastmasters, that he is part of Toastmasters and that helps him. And I'm saying, what is Toastmasters? <laughs> I was trying to search and ask people, what is Toastmasters? <laughs> so they told me and they said, hmm, that's good. I was living in Cupertino at that time in Silicon Valley. And I joined Cupertino Toastmaster. And oh, it I, I was so scared. I, I used to have my, you know, fits going to the stage, you know, I said, oh my God, no, 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 this is not what I want to do. Uh, but uh, over time, uh, with the support, this is the great thing about Toastmaster. It's the support group. Mm-hmm. Everyone is in the same boat. So even if you are, you know, you are shy and you want, you're not um, comfortable opening up, comfortable giving speech, going to stage. Everyone is in the same boat or uh-huh. they have been like in the same, that boat a few months before you did. So uh, that really helps a lot. You know, then you feel like, oh, okay, everyone is in that boat. And, uh, you know, if somebody goes to stage and makes a mistake, you say, ah, that guy's making a mistake too. Yay. You know, it's like <laughs> you feel uh, really like in the right group. Mm-hmm. And over time with the, with the kind of curriculum they have and uh, the project that you do, do you do become a lot more confident i became a lot more confident in speaking and i was able to do meetings at work much better was able to address a um, group of employees from stage much better i was able to do performance evaluation but that's another thing that not many people talk about Toastmasters is about listening and evaluating right evaluation is one of the key um, things that you do in every meeting and that really directly translates to your work because their uh, listening and performance evaluation are key as a leader. Because if you uh, are able to anal- listen well and analyze well, what uh, understand well, ask the right questions, uh, show care while uh, listening, you can motivate the whole team. And uh, likewise, the performance evaluation was very much more smoother after joining Toastmaster. Yeah. I, no, that... yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's some great stuff. And the other thing that that as you mentioned, Cupertino Toastmasters. I imagine there were there were quite a few people from the tech world and and of of some some note in that industry in that group. Yeah. So well, so there is a difference. It is an open club. So open club has got people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. So we had homemakers. We had medical staff. We had. Uh, um, you know, conflict resolution experts, all kinds of things. And there are technology people. Of course, it is like 60% technology uh, mm-hmm. background people, 40% others. This is as opposed to, uh, say, uh, a Toastmaster in a tech company. Mm. We have also a Toastmaster in Apple, which is just yep. next door. In fact, it was like within uh, half a mile of ours. And there you'll find 100% techies. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's all, all are techies there. And there is lot, not as much diversity in topics. And, um, you know, everyone is talking technology. And I feel like you learn a lot more in open clubs than mm. you learn in, uh, you know, tech, uh, like a very special interest group clubs, like technology like or entrepreneurs or something like but, that. Because my thought, you know, I, of course... Yeah, true for the expression, when all you have is a hammer, all the world's a nail. I'm a networking guy. So I hear that and I'm like, you know, someone's trying to break into the tech field. I bet joining a Toastmasters club in Cupertino would probably be a great place to make some really good connections and authentic connections. You know, not like, hi, I would like to break into the tech field. Uh, I would like to meet you. But, you know, it's a way to get to know people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
without having to be approaching them. Um, but, you know, just kind of get to know them and get into that community. Right. And great thing about this is that the techie people will explain, do the speeches in Toastmaster and that explain, they explain in a level that audience understands. Mm. So that's a great thing. So you don't, they won't talk jargon because that will be immediate feedback. Hey, you're using a lot of jargon. And that wasn't really <laughs> connecting with audience very well. They say, okay. So they take that input and they really try to break it down. For example, even I had to do a speech on semiconductor design to Toastmaster group, which had no knowledge of semiconductor or electronics. So I really broke it down to a level where like you eat food, right? And you have a food supplier. So I had to break it down to that level, you know, so to mm-hmm. that, that yeah, really, really, really valuable, really valuable skill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, so what were some of the, so you said, you, you know, some, some speaking benefits that you got from that. Uh, were mm-hmm. there any other benefits that you found in your involvement? Yeah. Obviously with, 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 to get to DTM, you have to have you do district level, um, do some, you know, district level work and, and all kinds of things. Yes. Right. So actually one of the underrated, uh, value of uh, Toastmaster is leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Communication skills people understand, and that's what it is about. It's about public speaking. But actually speaking, it gives ample opportunity for leadership opportunity. So I really took up, and I was not only president of the club, but also I became area governor. Then I was a part division governor, which is really district level role, where I had about six area governors um, working with me in my team. And they each had like six clubs. So that becomes a huge organization to manage. And I managed that for one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of leadership opportunities give uh, very good um, um, value to your own growth as a leader at work. Right? And not only the leadership uh, opportunities, but also contests. The leadership, the Toastmaster has great um, system called contests and mm-hmm. uh, you have area level contest division level contest so i went i participated in contests i went all the way to district level contests you know so i, I was able to progress to that level and i remember in one of the speeches that i did at district level some of the it was about um, it had some element of uh, immigrants and the parents of immigrants how they feel when they come to us so some of the audience they brought their parents to listen in Mm. So that I said, hey, you know, there is a speech that you will like, and this uh, this being de- delivered by one of the contestants, <laughs> I was really, you know, it made my day. I said, wow, you know, you brought your parents to listen to my speech. My God, that was great. It was very good feeling. Oh, that's great, and and that that's what I think Toastmasters does. It brings people together on a, on another level they wouldn't otherwise right. connect. Right. Uh, I I had the the honor of getting to the district level this year when everything was virtual and. Um, for, for me, it, it, it wasn't so much my superior communication skills as my superior adaptation skills. Mm-hmm. I realized I could read my speech and no one would know it. You know, there wasn't a rule against it. You just can't look like you're reading. And so I could have my speech in front of me right under the camera. And uh, as I was doing that, I, I, was, I was able to really focus on, you know, the timing and the eye contact, the presentation, everything. And that got me all the way up to the district level where um, I got my clock clean because there were some people who were definitely, definitely should have won. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but it was, it, it was interesting because I, it was a matter of seeing the new environment yeah. and then saying, what's the opportunity here in this new environment that I can take advantage of? Um, that is, uh, you know, that how, how can I, well, what's the game now? 
And how can I win today's game instead of trying to take an in-person speech and crush it into Zoom? Um, and so, so along those lines, what are some of the, the changes you've seen in you know, with your clients in the business world uh, over the last year or two? Yeah, so, you know, basically I have seen that people are have a lot more resources now, right? Earlier, say it may have 10, 15 years ago, there were not many resources for people to um, uh, become, um, uh, to gather leadership skills or get influencing skills and so on. Toastmasters was one of them and so on. Nowadays, there are ample resources. That's a huge change. And meaning you got online classes, you got online coaches, you got uh, in-person coaches and all kinds of availability. But I still feel that the impact of this uh, online uh, resources is limited. Mm. There are, I mean, I, I have done, I've uh, gone to Coursera or Udemy or something, and I've got like 20 courses already in my inbox there and I bought them and I've done two out of 20 in one and one out of eight in other. You know, it's like, you really don't have the accountability. So mm-hmm. whereas there is a lot more resources available, there is less accountability. Mm. So I, I feel like one of the key values that coaches can bring is to bring accountability in people. Not only come up with, these are the things you plan to do. Probably he can come up with himself. But, you know, how do you keep uh, people on track and keep them on ongoing basis, the guidance to keep moving further? That, yeah. is, uh, that is a huge I, value. I, I definitely agree that that's a huge challenge. One of the benefits of Toastmasters is you have the the program, the pathways, the the do this this way. And I I will admit now that I completed my second pathway, which is all the speeches you have to give for Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. I haven't given I think I've given one or two official speeches since. I mean the president, so I preside over a meeting. But uh, I haven't because as a, to me it's a you give me a list of things to do and I'm gonna work through that list. Mm-hmm. Whereas out in the in the world of all this education, there's all these courses and all these programs, all these different things to do, and so many of them are packaged marketing style. So, oh, you're going to get this, and it's going to change this for you and do this. But it's really hard to tell what's in the box. And mm-hmm. so it's hard to figure out which one should I do next? What should I set the time to? Almost none of them say, put five hours on your calendar for this. So, you know, when you're trying to calendarize it and be like, block out time, you can't do it because mm-hmm. how long will it take? I've had some that I went to sign up for and I emailed them and I said, wait, wait, how many hours will this take? Like, oh, an hour and a half a day for a week. All right, never mind. I don't have that open space on the calendar. Um, but I think that's the challenge is they're all over the place. And it's really hard to see see what's what. And that's where a coach comes in to be able to say, this is a good one. That's a waste of your time. That's great, but you don't need it this year. You need to do these things first. And that's hugely important to have that, you know, have that person who can help coordinate all the big stuff. So, so what do you do for your clients to help keep them from being overwhelmed by all the good stuff that's out there? Well, so that is why I provide very precise programs. You know, I, I just don't do generic stuff, which takes many, many hours. So I say precise programs. For example, the six-week course that I talked about that I've launched. I have done extensive market survey to design this. And I talked about 30 professionals in 45 days. That's mm-hmm. my numbers. And basically, it is so compact you know, you would normally, if you take this kind of courses, you will take each one of the module uh, will be one week long or something like that. And that's where people get, uh, you know, into 
cycles of education and then they, they get lose out the interest. Mm-hmm. So here it is very compact. In two hours, we cover my, how do you develop a mindset like a leader just in two hours. In two hours, we talk, say, how do you communicate like a leader? Although there will be, there are like 30 day long or two week long communication trainings available for people. But we I try to try to make it that as precise as what people really need. And other thing is that you want to make it more action oriented. The you know, theory and concepts are you know gone. Uh, they, they really don't work. I mean, people are overwhelmed with too many things and they really can't take too many concepts. Keep it so practical and keep it uh, action-oriented. This is what we will get out of this. And this is what we are working towards. So I go like backward. I don't start this is and this is what we'll end up with. I say this is the end goal. And this mm. is how, this is how, and for that end goal, this is what all we'll cover. And that's how we will cover. Begin with the end in mind. I like end that. That's, yes. that's definitely important, kind of focusing on on what the result is. And, and so I imagine you presented as by the end of this course, you will know or have done X, Y, and Z. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Basically, you will have about 30 plus pages of leadership development plan that you will create for yourself, customized mm. plan. Excellent. That, that can be yeah. can be very, very powerful. Um, so someone was at the start of their career today uh, or the start of a business or, or at a turning point, maybe they're not the start, maybe they're at the end of one and the start of a second one or third one, fourth one. What would your advice be if they're like, hey, I, I just got laid off. I just got out of college, whatever it be. Uh, I got 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. What what uh, path would you recommend for them? I I would say that, you know, become a thriver. Don't be a survivor. Mm-hmm. So surround yourself with right resources, right uh, people. So, you know, read the right books and the blogs and podcasts like yours podcast would mm-hmm. be a good one and um, you know uh, write videos and uh, magazines articles all those things and surround yourself with the right people because you know your growth really depends on average of five people you spend most of your time with right so if you really think that uh, you are really not making progress or are you really being growth conscious, you got to look at who are those five people you're spending time with. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to get a mentor. Maybe you need to get some subject matter expert that you need to develop rapport with and you will get more information through that. Other thing I would say is that um, have a long-term outlook. Don't get too short-term focus. Okay, this is what I need to do next this month and I'm done. Okay, so what's next? And then what's next? You know, you, you really need to have a little bit long-term vision of, okay, even as a starter today, what is your goal? What would you like to be doing, say, three years from now? And what is your passion? What's your interest that really will take you there? And if you really are sure that you want to get there, then what are things that you're lacking today to get there? And maybe that's what you need to focus on. So so this so long-term focus, surrounding yourself with the right resource and people are my advices. That's that's really stuff, and and so you mentioned a mentor. Uh, if someone's at a stage where they where they can't afford to you know hire a coach or hire someone, um, how would you recommend someone find a mentor? Yeah, there are a lot of uh, resources available which uh, really uh, pair you up with the mentors, and there are a lot of mentors who are uh, providing these services almost free, right? Out of they're giving it's like giving back to society kind of thing. So uh, I can send you a few links uh, later on uh, if people are interested in that. Okay, great. Yeah, so we'll have those in the 
in the show notes there. Uh, well, so this has been been great. A lot of good information, uh, sharing a lot of good stuff about Toastmasters, of course. Um, I was vice president of public relations for a few years, so mm-hmm. always happy to spread the Toastmasters word. Um, so do you have any, any final thoughts for our audience before I let you go? Well, so uh, all I will say is, uh, you know, don't don't uh, despair if you're not moving forward or feeling mm-hmm. stuck. There are lots of resources out there. It, it starts with intentionality. If you have the right intention, you can do it. You mm. know? Don't assume that you'll keep growing automatically. Mm-hmm. You need to put invest and put effort in growth. And you have to continually learning. Even if you're a senior vice president, you got to be learning. Yep. There's no 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 stop stopping to this learning journey. So uh, that's my my advice. Oh, there's all, always more to learn. Uh, so if, if somebody wants to connect with you or, or learn more about your programs, how can they how can they find you? Yeah, so actually the best would be to go to my website. It's called quantumvisionconsulting.com. Uh, quantumvisionconsulting.com, okay. Yeah. And of course, it'll be in the notes too. Yeah, and my email ID is Ramesh at quantumvisionconsulting.com. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. It's been great to have you here and always good to talk to a fellow Toastmaster. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, the time you provided. And we yeah, are looking forward to continuing the journey uh, with the uh, support of people like you. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people, in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.